You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 187. In this episode, I'm speaking to Diana Gabriel about focusing on your strengths instead of your weaknesses. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Today's guest is Diana Gabriel, who is a certified strengths coach. She helps people learn more about and analyze their strengths. Diana believes in helping her clients focus on their strengths instead of their weaknesses to achieve whatever they want in life and business. Go to sigrun.com forward slash 187 for the show notes and there you also find links to Diana Gabriel. I am super excited to be here with Diana Gabriel who is a strength finder coach, but not just that. Uh, we met January, 2016. We were in a mastermind together. And first I was like, yeah, you do that. And I do that and da, 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 da. But I was fascinated about how much she knows about strength finder. I've always been a fan of the program and what it really meant to knowing your strengths. And I've done a strength finder breach deep dive with her. And that is why I'm so happy and excited to share with you here on this episode. And we're even going to look at my strengths publicly here on the show. So I've already gotten the debrief. I think that's probably a year ago. So Diana can also speak to what has happened since then, since knowing my strengths. I think that's why this is so exciting. Diana, thank you for being on the show. And thank you for having me, Sigrun. I'm excited to be here. So the backstory is that I knew about StrengthFinder probably, I don't know, 2006, 2008. This is a popular tool. I was studying at London Business School, and I did what many people possibly have done, the first five strengths. But there is more to it. Can you speak to that? Well, there's a lot more to it. And in theory, you know, what we're using throughout our life is our top 15 strengths. There's 34 strengths. And your top 10 stay pretty steady throughout your entire life. One of the reasons why I gravitate towards the strengths is they're thought to be innate. So this was the little hard drive that you had when you were born and what shows up in your top five tends to be what you are most focused on now. But when you receive your whole full profile, what you gain access to is kind of like the open book of where are my sweet spots? What do I have to offer to be the best that I can be? Mm. I was very curious to know there was more. I had somehow not realized there were more than five. So this is also for anyone who's done the Strength Finder test in the past. 
you can actually go and get all your 34. You just have to go back to your profile and you pay some extra fee and you download it. Or you do like me. I signed up for a new email address because that's the way I am. I was like, well, I bet it has changed. And it hasn't changed a lot. As you see, maybe there was a tiny little shift, but not much uh, compared to what I did 10 years earlier. And I got so curious through our conversation. So I decided to uh, book a debrief with you. And what was interesting, I think that was was really helpful, is that you knew my vision. We had met before, and I told you what I wanted to do with my business and what is still my vision today. So can you share with the audience what happens next? Okay, you download your 34 strengths, and then you talk to someone like yourself. And what? Because I couldn't do anything with the 34 strengths, except I got very disappointed about the last one, though. Well, that's one of the things that people tend to do, is that they look at the bottom which they don't have versus looking at, well, what is the full deck that I have to work with? And when I do the debrief, one of the things I prepared that strengths are divided into domains of strategic, executing, influencing, and relationship building. And especially if you are in business or have a career, it's important to know what domains are your sweet spots? Where are you the best that you can be with both your time and your energy? And where is it best for you to collaborate or delegate? And once you see your full list of 34, because they're always rank ordered, you know where to spend your time and energy where you can have the greatest impact of the application of your strengths. Yeah, but I was shocked to see consistency so low. Well, it is, and this is the end part. Sometimes we need to be consistent. So the question is, what other strengths do you have that may compensate for that? And when I look at your strengths, you know, the majority of your strengths fall in the influencing. So you have activator and communication and competition and maximizer and self-assurance and significance and woo. In reality, you're only missing one of the influencing strengths. And so influencers like to win people over. You know, they like to be out front. And so part of that this would be the story I'd make up, is your competition and your maximizer compensate for that consistency because they're going to see that you get what you go after. Yes. So I can see the benefit of doing, let's say, a weekly Facebook Live or a weekly webinar. So I will not let my weakness of not being consistent ruin that because I'm competitive. I know what it brings me. That's right. And it drives you. <laughs> and the other piece that helps with that is in executing, you have a ranger and responsibility. And people with responsibility get the job done. They do what needs to be done. It's kind of like, you know, you're a steady person. And so if you set out your goal or your vision, you can rely on your responsibility to kind of be that consistent piece for you because it's what's important to you. Yeah. And I guess everyone has to figure out this out with themselves and maybe with the help of a coach, 
what it is they need to do to actually, let's say, compensate for the weaknesses. In my case, public announcements have been very helpful. So telling everyone that I'm going to launch a podcast on a certain day, then I'll do it. Or that I'm going to do a weekly webinar, then I'm going to do it. I might be last minute at doing Facebook ads for it or last minute doing the preparation for the slides, but I'll do it because I don't want to look bad. Right. And so you're utilizing your strengths for your own accountability because your strengths can't imagine the responsibility couldn't imagine not doing what you said you were going to do. So that's brilliant. It's a brilliant strategy for accountability when you don't have consistency or discipline, you know, those types that we may traditionally think are the drivers, but you have other drivers. Yeah. So people shouldn't be too worried about what is at the bottom of the list. Absolutely not, because we all are hardwired to succeed. You know, if we look for somebody else with our same top strengths, we're unique as in one in 33 million people of how all of these strengths have been put together or gifted to us. So we're all set up to succeed at something. It's trying to understand how we go about doing it and what we do. So one of the things that I've noticed for you over this last year is, you know, with your strength in influencing in your strategic and futuristic, I see that you're using yourself and your image and um, the videos to connect with people because that's your sweet spot. You're really good at that. And I've seen you up that game this last year a hundredfold. I think so. And I think a part of it, well, I know so, but I think a part of it was doing the debrief. Because when we did it, you said, you have a full house and influencer. And I was like, wow. So it means I can do what I want to do, like my vision. And instead of, let's say I was focusing on doing technical videos for people. Let's say I was doing a bit of that. Now I've noticed, I also have a team now that knows my strengths because I've communicated it to them. And they say, don't do those things. Either someone else does them, like this is not you. You're supposed to inspire people to take action and I'll help them strategically and mindset. But there are certain things that are like, leave it up to the others that like to be behind the scenes and, and do detailed work. And the piece with that is you are feeding their sweet spot. So they get to be the best they can be doing what they do best and fills them up and you get to do what you do best. And so really, really smart business people and leaders surround themselves with people who are strong at other things than they are. And so how do we do that? Now, you said there were four categories and the strengths, the 34 strengths fit into these four categories. So when we did that debrief, there are categories where I'm stronger, obviously the influencer part, and there are categories where does that mean that I need help there? Do I need to hire people based on these strengths? How do I maximize that for the business? Do you need to be equally good in all areas for running a business? Well, generally, most of us cannot be equally good. So we need to be aware of that. 
So your executing is a little slim. You have a ranger, you know, you can synthesize in a lot of information and you have responsibility, you're going to get things done. But the rest of the executing, and in the Midwest, I'm from Minnesota, we call it get or done. You know, that's not one of your strengths to work on that smaller detail stuff. And there are people who are executors that love, love to just immerse themselves in having lists and checking it off and getting those things done. Yeah, but I do it because I know I need to do it. But I remember saying, this is long before we met, I would be happy just standing on stage and just, let's say, influencing people to take action, inspiring people and taking action. I guess standing on the TEDx stage, May 2015, was probably like, I could just do this all day long. Or when I do my life event, you know that I now do a life event and I've done two in a span of six months. I've done my two first life events and we have one coming up where I've reserved the largest hotel in Zurich. Oh, that is so exciting. Yes, but that fits perfectly with uh, me being my zone of genius when I can stand on stage and inspire people to take action. So when you say that weaker on execution, I'm probably doing it because I, it's the maximizer. Like I know I have to do it, but if I could delegate it and maybe I can do less of it in the future, that would be my optimal spot. Absolutely. And your responsibility, like you said, is going to hold you accountable. And this is like a double-edged sword with being really bright. We can learn and adapt to do those things, but they don't energize us. They drain us of energy. So we're smart enough, intelligent enough to do it, but that's not where you're going to flourish and thrive. Even, you know, listening to you, there's a difference in your voice when you talk about you get things done. And then when you're on stage, you can hear the energy in that. And that's where you want to be. That's where your greatest success is going to be. Yeah, it's all right. I think I remember you saying this. Even if you're good at something, it doesn't mean that you should do it. Wasn't that? That's right. Absolutely. There's not an equal sign there. There's not an equal sign there. And there's a little bit of a curse being a generalist in that sense that you sometimes do not realize until you finally do it. Like in my case, like doing the life event or speaking on stage at TEDx, I was suddenly doing something that I should have been doing more of for my whole life. And I'm discovering this <laughs> closer to 50 than 40. And you're a person who's all, at least in my um, experience with you, has always sought to understand yourself better. So the people who really are reflective and want to understand themselves better in order to serve others better, you will discover it at some point. And so I'd say, so what if, you know, it took you till almost 50? You're flourishing. <laughs> So coming back to the team building, or let's say you want to make sure that there is a person in every corner to your business moving forward, or somebody listening, they're hiring a virtual assistant. Do you recommend they do a strength finder test and make sure that they are complementing them on their strengths? Well, you know, Gallup doesn't um, endorse using this as a hiring tool. But one of the things that you can do is to become really astute and good at 
the interview of what is it that you need. So you, you decide what you need and you can tell just even from our conversation, if this is a sweet spot for them. And I've had a few clients when they get down to the last one or two people and trying to figure out who to hire have had them take the strength finder and it's been helpful. But what my experience has been with that, they've already kind of figured it out. They're just using it as an affirmation. Yeah. So it's more like, okay, I already know what I want, but let's just do this one last test to make sure I'm not making a mistake. Right. Because you already intuitively, because of your questions and your awareness, think that you know which one you know is going to be the best fit. And the other tendency that we need to watch out for, and this has happened with several leaders that I've worked with, we gravitate towards wanting to hire people who are like us because it's fun to be around them. And, you know, there's a bubbly kind of connection between us, but you don't need two of you. No, not many me's. You're hiring for somebody to complement your strengths, not to strengthen your strength. Yeah. So coming back to understanding a strength, there are 34 strengths. I was so focused on the weaknesses. I wanted to understand how come I can still do what I do. And with having discipline and consistency as a weakness, actually, I've used this a little bit against my clients or not against. How do you say against? Like if somebody says, well, I'm not good at consistency. I'm said, if I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> and what I challenge people is to what do they know to be true about their strengths where they found success with that? Because consistency and discipline are in my basement, my bottom five as well. And being a solo entrepreneur for 18 years, certainly I've had to do things that required some discipline and some consistency, but I know what strengths that I can call upon when that's necessary. and. You know, I have other ways of holding that accountable, but I've had to figure it out in order to be successful. So I, you don't get a pass by saying, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have that. Yes, because that was exactly my point. Let's say the bottom five and you think to yourself, well, then I'll just not do it because I'm not anyway good at it. That's not what it's supposed to be. It's not what it's supposed to be. And you also are not, probably not going to be successful if you ignore that. Yeah. But being better at your weaknesses is probably not going to work, but we can compensate for them with other strengths we have. That's basically the... And that's the message because, you know, we look at our educational systems and they do focus on weakness. And, you know, we're supposed to try to get better at what we're weak at. But we really literally don't have enough hours in our life. It takes 10,000 hours to turn over a weakness to a strength. And then it, you know, is never as strong as your natural strengths. So it's wasted time and energy. And if you look at how you maximize and leverage your strengths, you know, they multiply and multiply and multiply your success you're going to get much more for your return by focusing on those strengths and really figuring out you know how you're going to collaborate with someone or delegate or what strengths 
I have to compensate? Because those are the three things you do with below 15. Yeah, tell us a system. What do I do with the below 15? Well, you either find a strength that can compensate for it. You find somebody to collaborate with that can, you know, help balance that out. Or you just plain delegate it. Yeah. And another thing for all of us to remember, you know, there's 34 strengths. Everyone has only been given a half a deck of strengths. So it's an even playing field. Everyone you meet has half of their deck strengths and half of their deck where they're not strong. And so we all need each other in order for the larger system to be successful. So if somebody feels they're shining in their strength, that actually means that somebody else is getting a job rather than you picking it all up. Absolutely. I look at the things that I delegate or the virtual assistant I have as helping to lift up where she's really strong. And she loves doing what she's doing. And I love the fact that she's good at that. Yeah. But is there anything we can do to even work more on our strengths? Well, absolutely. You can you know, once you look at them and you figure out what it is that you want to achieve, you can be very mindful of how you apply those. Because I saw a difference in you, you know, when the light bulb went on and I said, you're in this influencing domain. And I was like, "Whoa! I hit the jackpot. You hit the jackpot and... I felt like you leaned into doing more of those particular things because it clicked with you like, oh, that's why the TED Talk was so great. And that's why these mastermind or any time I can be in person with people is so exhilarating for you. And people have this great experience with you because you're having a great experience delivering. That's true. So when I'm more in my zone of genius, my clients or anyone listening or watching, they benefit even more. Right. Because you can feel your energy. You, you know, you're inspiring. So that's one of the reasons I started this podcast is that there wasn't a medium where I could, you know, I don't know, through a blog post, there's limited potential in, in showing excitement and energy. At least in a podcast, you hear my voice. And on video, I also love video. But yeah, it was a light bulb went off when you said this. And I know I could not have done this on my own. One thing is to download the strengths and just look at the list and say, oh, yeah, yeah. But getting this insight that I actually had the strengths for the vision I wanted was very kind of, thank you. Like, you know, thank you, universe. Yeah. But wouldn't that be the case anyway? Isn't, I'm a huge advocate of creating a vision. And I wonder if we maybe create a vision that is anyway going to be fulfilled by our strengths? It can be. You know, with a few entrepreneurs that I have done debriefs with, they have a vision, but they're not quite sure of the path of getting to it in terms of where do they apply their best selves and where do they delegate or get some help. Because in the beginning, when you're doing it all and you're capable, just because we're capable doesn't mean we should, you know, it's hard to discern where to focus, you know, your best energy and where 
to hire or delegate. And once you know what those strengths are, you're able to just say, oh yeah, it makes sense. You know, my executing domain is pretty skinny. I need to hire some people that, you know, really love to execute. Yeah. Even though you may be good at executing and historically with some positions you've had, we know that you can execute when you need to. It doesn't necessarily energize you. Yeah, that's true. So the strengths are really about figuring out what energizes you in the end, what makes you happy. Absolutely, because when you're fulfilled, when you're energized, the result at the end of the day is you will be happier. Yeah. So I recommend to everyone doing Strength Finder Deep Brief. It's been one of my best insights. And I, you see a change. I know there has been a change with me. And it all comes together. I think at the similar time that I met you, and maybe it was shortly before or after uh, we did the Strength Finder Deep Brief, I read the book 10X Rule. And it was about omnipresence. And there's often like we need these seeds that come together. And I read the book and he was talking about omnipresence. And I said, this is impossible. I thought to myself, like, how can you be everywhere or appear to be everywhere? How can you appear to be everywhere and constantly be, you know, out there? And at that point in time, it didn't seem possible to me. But then the Strength Finder Debrief was there, the influencer. And then, you know, once your business is further, you can start to kind of blog and podcast and do video because the business is different and it becomes more about influencing. And, you know, if you launch this once a year, you have enough time to also do these things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, there's an essence, I think, around omnipresence that I believe it's people who are shining in. The, I call it the sweet spot when the majority of your strengths are in play you know, there's just an aura about you, a charisma about you. And it isn't just in the influencing. You know, some of the executors that can get things done, I am in awe of, you know, how they can organize and get things done. Or, you know, people who are really, really strong in the relationship pieces you can see how they build those relationships that are strong and long lasting. Um, so I want to be careful that people don't look at one domain as better than the other. Yeah, that's true. Because you don't need to be an influencer to have a business, for instance, or even online business or lifestyle business. You just use other strengths. Absolutely. Yeah. So any last words on those who don't know the Strength Finder yet? I have found it one of the most logical, easy to comprehend and apply assessments. And there's lots of assessments. They all have value. But my rule of thumb is to be able to have something that is simple and easy to apply and understand, and you don't have to do a deep studying of it in order for it to benefit you. And so I like to keep things simple. And most people, when they get their assessment back, they'll say, well, I didn't learn a lot. Well, this has always been who you are. And the learning is in how can I further leverage this and learn to discriminate what to say yes to and what to say no to. 
Yeah. Well, it was a breakthrough for me. Thanks to you, Diana. And thank you for being on the show and sharing this with my audience. I think this has been very insightful. Uh, I hope everyone is inspired to do their own test and have a debrief because it can literally change your life. I believe it can. I've seen it happen over and over and over. Thank you for being on the show, Diana. I hope we talk soon. You're welcome. And thank you for having me. Go to sim.com forward slash 187 for the show notes. And there you also find links to Diana Gabriel. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe, and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.